thought struck me, and it's incredible to me that this is episode 49 of Piercing the Veil. It was 25th of May um, 2019 that you and I, Steve, started out on this experiment. Wow. And that's a long time it ago. It really is. Because it's the 29th of January as as we record this. And we only did a handful of episodes before Tiff joined us. Yeah. And became a full-time, fully-fledged member of the team. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Now, our real milestone is next week, Next, not next week, in two weeks' time, when we record episode number 50, our oh. half centenary. Now, we need to do something for that. And I was thinking maybe going to the audience again, maybe inviting questions. Yeah. I had thought of maybe having a live stream a live video stream but Tiff's hair and makeup would take too much of the budget <laughs> we can only manage Tiff's makeup now because it's a radio show yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you guys think of maybe asking our audience yeah, do that. to see if they have anything that they would like to ask any of us or all of us we can do it through social media. Yeah. Then that'd be a cool idea. Now, there is another thing that we are doing with our 50th, and we will be unveiling a brand new, never before seen anywhere on planet Earth or anywhere in the cosmos, Piercing the Veil logo. Conceived, designed, and executed by Tiff. Yes. Now, I think that part of this is is that we no longer surprise her by asking her to take photographs for our publicity because Tiff's never ha satisfied with her hair and makeup for the radio show. No. So we'll be we'll be using that, and it will be unveiled when we unleash the next show on our audience I can hardly wait so kids what's been going on well I found an odd thing with games recently okay the fact that you can actually now complete a game without completing a game elaborate so you cheat no you, it's not a cheat because you get an achievement for actually doing it. I've been playing Far Cry 6 and basically... On PS5. On PS5. It's yeah. on all platforms. Basically, in an open world game um, where you can go anywhere, do what you want, these games... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Answer me a question, first of all. Open world games... So you can go anywhere, do anything. Yeah. Are you still playing the game, or are you just wandering around pointlessly? Well, there's a story to the game that you can play, but yeah. it's up to you what path you choose to take to get there. So, 
you can literally start a game and not do anything with the story not play the game at all yeah. not do anything with the story yeah. but just wander around having a look here and there that's what people have done on Grand Theft Auto for years had very few people have actually finished the story they're just going to do something else <laughs> um, I did not know that no. did you know that? yeah it's what pretty much everybody does with open world games hardly anyone actually plays the story so why do they write the story? Because it's there if you want it. It's there if you want don't to follow to it. You don't have it. to follow it. You have to do like the opening two or three levels and then it's up to you what you do. Huh. It's been like that since the beginning. I did not know this. And with... Do you know why I didn't know this? Because you've never played open world games. Because <laughs> nobody's ever told me. Have you played an open world game? No. I don't know. Did I buy him Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. yeah, you've bought me Grand Theft Auto. So you're saying you've not played Grand Theft Auto? I haven't played it yet. Wow. Have you started watching The X-Files? No. There we are then. What was uh, a Christmas present? Uh, then? With Shay. Um, Far Cry 6. Smallville? Yeah. Oh. Um, back to Far Cry 6. The... On these open world games you have basically... Boundaries at the end of the world where if you're going to the end of the map, you get a warning come up that you've reached the maximum place. Usually what happens is there's like an invisible barrier and it'll push you back to where you're supposed to be. So, okay. Oh, like free guy? Yeah. Mm. Or, you know, your vehicle or whatever will explode. So, okay, fine. And respawn you, so put your character back into the world. What about your vehicle? That's usually gone. Oh. It's like, okay, fine. So that message came up on Far Cry 6. I was like, okay. So I kept going. And the screen went black. It's like, okay. It's frozen. You know, it's, it just can't register anymore. Mm. Then achievement comes out, hidden in plain sight. Okay, this is really weird. Then the notification comes up. Three months later... A video starts to play, and it tells you that the. Three months later in game time yeah, now, not real time. In game time, and the main person you're after has been taken out completely without you having anything to do with it. And then the credits start to roll, and you have actually completed the game. By just going out of bounds? Literally. I've never seen that before. So isn't that just a, a game flaw? I don't know if it is a glitch because it triggered a trophy achievement. So I don't know if that's something that you're supposed to find or not. Like an Easter egg. It might be. Or it might be like, you know, so many things these days. We're all yeah. winners. But he just got me that it's like... It just got me that it... It's a very long game. How long had you been playing the game to this point? About... I've been playing it for about three weeks. How how many hours would you say? Maybe 15. What's the average gameplay then? If it's, say... 
a story game. Um, by story game, I mean like your Uncharted or your Injustice. Injustice. Your thing maybe usually around the ten-hour mark is a decent time. Oh, okay, okay. Open world. So, and you've got one that's coming out next week, which is a like the zombie horror game, which is open world. What's that one? Uh, called? Dying Light. Dying Light. Yeah. Okay. And that one, according to the developers, is 500 hours long to complete everything. Open world games, you're in three figures with hour-wise how long it'll actually take to play because there's so many so different things you can do. So you can actually drift in and out of the game and yeah. prolong it that way. You can. It's like on Grand Theft Auto for years, I'd never played the story. Is that what cyberpunk was? Cyberpunk's like that, but with cyberpunk, that is a bit more story orientated. What cyberpunk? It's like the best way I can describe it is Grand Theft Auto in the future, a bit like Blade Runner, the film. What I played of it, I thought it was a bit more Mad Max-like. It, it's, it is to begin with until you get into the city itself. Oh, okay. Um, but definitely with open world games, a lot of people don't tend to actually play the story. But what I do find interesting with Far Cry, though, is you put the 15 hours in. Yeah. The ending's triggered, and I was looking online, and there's about another sixty-five percent of the game that I haven't, e- I didn't even touch. So, will you have to restart again, or have you respawned at another point in the game, I and you can believe, choose another path? I believe I'll have to restart again because well, I clear all your data and start. Yeah, again. because technically, so all your achievements are gone. The achievements are there. Because technically, I finished the game. Yeah, but if you restart the game, all your achievements will go. The trophies never go. You can... as lo- They're linked to your account, so the second they unlock, Fine. you can't re-unlock them. Oh. So it's like, say if you played Injustice... Which I have. I've you, completed it. And you get the thing that says, you know, you've completed 50% yeah. the trophy... You won't unlock that trophy again. That trophy's always on your system. Okay. Well, I'm... As I think I mentioned last time, I'm absurdly looking forward to Uncharted. And I've got the game loaded up, and I've I've started to play it. To get into the spirit for the film. Mm-hmm. Are you going to see Uncharted? I don't have fans to at the moment. It'll be my birthday movie. Okay. All right. Are you joining us? Going We're going to see Moonfall next week, yeah. actually. What's that? Well, um, it's a sci-fi movie by the makers of Independence Day. Right. Where I think... Something knocks the moon out of its orbit and sends it hurtling towards the Earth. I think so. Oh, I right. think that's... 
it's basis. a big effect extravaganza and it looks pretty awesome yeah and we're going on Wednesday to an unlimited showing at Cineworld okay so uh, that'll be a film that I'll definitely review online and it'll form part of what we talk about next time yes but for this time I think we've all seen some movies yeah not necessarily the same movies so we've all done some watching so Tiff do you want to kick off with Adam's Family 2 I've not watched it yet Ah, I thought you were going to watch it for this show Enchanted was what I was going to watch for this show Oh, Eternals. Eternals, sorry, not Enchanted. Enchanted is like a whole other film. Yes. Have you watched Eternals? Yes, I have. Okay. Okay. And? Um, like, overall, I thought it was okay. I think that's the best way I can explain it. Um, I just found that what I was doing whilst watching it was going, okay, so... The main guy in the film, can't really remember his name, so obviously it's not given me so much of an impression because I can't really remember their names. Um, I was like, he's Superman. And then I was like, well... Oh. I was just like comparing constantly. And I was like, well, I've seen this before. The other guy's kind of like Iron Man. The girl is like Superwoman. And I was just like, it's kind of like... With now like superhero films, it's just more like, well, we've seen this already, so... I don't know, I think they just need to think of something different, because otherwise we're just going to compare and be like, oh, we've seen this before in this film, and we've seen this before in this film. I think there are only so many superhero stories yeah. you can tell, because even in the comics, they tend to repeat themselves, and a lot of them echo each other. I have never read any of the Eternals comics, they're the product of Jack Kirby, yeah. mm. legendary comic book artist. Um, towards the end, well, not actually the end of his career, but in the 70s, he left Marvel, which he'd basically co-created along with Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, to go and work for DC. Now, the story goes... Um, one of the reasons he left was because he wanted to do a Tales of Asgard and weave into his own kind of notions of mythology and science fiction and fantasy and basically Marvel didn't want it. So he went over to DC and he adapted his ideas because the comic book Asgard stories were more or less copyright Marvel. Mm. He retooled it for DC and called it the Forever People and the New Gods. And it was all sort of hippie, new age, late 60s, early 70s stuff. Now from that came uh, things like Darkseid and Apocalypse, which have been plaguing, you know, the Justice League. Mm. So, you know, some some good things came out of it. 
But I, I don't really care that much for, for, for his comics of that era. No. I've, I've read a few of them. Then he went back to DC. Oh, sorry, Marvel. from Marvel to DC. And he created, you know, another godlike race, the Eternals. And I, I've never read it because his work at that time, I, I don't really, and it's a matter of personal taste, I don't like his artwork. It's too stylized. Yeah. Everything's too exaggerated. Mm. Everything's jumping out at the page. You know, th- there's no there's no reality to it. And it's it's just way, way, way too much for me. So... I had no background knowledge of of the Eternals, but this was in no way, for me, one of Marvel Studios' best. In fact, it's it's languishing down at the bottom of my personal pool with other films that people have raved about. I mean, I didn't care that much for Black Panther. No. Because I thought it was... It's a great story, but the film itself is slow to get moving, and there's not that much of Black Panther in it. No. It's all about Wakanda, not about the Black Panther. Yeah. And Thor The Dark World, which is one I, I, I think that's the, the saggy middle bit. Yeah. That's mm. the middle age spread of the Thor stories. But... I've never regarded Thor as one of my favourite comic book heroes anywhere. I like what Chris Hemsworth does with the character, but the the quasi-Shakespearean sort of lilt that Stan Lee gave him, I, I just found tiresome to read. Yeah. So you, Steve, have read the Eternals comic. The... How did it stand up? As far as the adaptation goes, this is this is one of the few times where it was very close to the source material. But that being said, the source material wasn't any good. Right. Uh, personally, the only reason I plan on owning it on disc is because it's in that universe. Otherwise, I wouldn't watch it again. I I have to say, I'm looking forward to seeing it again on disc because I might not be being completely fair to it. I liked Black Panther yeah. more the second time around. Yeah, but I watched it at home and I didn't think it was that great. Are you talking Eternals or Black Panther? Eternals. Yeah, you've only seen it once, haven't you? Yeah, but... Sometimes you'll pick up on details a yeah, second time. Yeah, but it's enough that now I'll go, yeah, I don't want to see that again. Ah. See, with um, Thor The Dark World, I didn't much care for that at all. And when I saw it the second time, I thought, okay, it's, it's not too bad. When I saw Endgame... And we saw a bit more about how it fit in and how, you know, Ragnarok kind yeah. of refers to it. It kind of elevated it because See, it's it's that middle episode that, 
you never knew you needed until you can step back and see perhaps the bigger picture. I and I'm hoping that it's I never like minded this. Dark World. Yeah. Um, I've got problems with Black Panther in the fact that I would have preferred if it was less Wakanda and more set in the actual world with the Black Panther. Yeah. Um, because the best scenes in Black Panther all featured, you know, the Black, Black Panther. Panther. Like that amazing car chase. Because everything that didn't feature the Black Panther yeah. was filler. Yeah. Wakanda, and I may well be crucified for saying this, is like Black Asgard. Yeah. And we didn't spend too much time in Asgard. That is the, my problem. They're, they're a back, it's a backdrop. That's my problem with Black Panther, is there are way too many similarities between Black Panther and the first Thor movie. Mm. Yeah, you also said um, before that it drew heavily on Iron Man. Yeah, no, that was um, Ant-Man. Ant-Man, Ant okay, okay. But controversial as it may sound, I don't personally think there's anything wow about Doctor Strange movies. Um, like, Doctor Strange. Okay, but it's a bit like you're all right, but you're not an Iron Man or an you know, I a spider like Iron Man, Spider Man, Thor. Even they're like the top tier, and then you've got like whoa, Captain America. Captain America, yeah, top tier, and then you've got kind of like Doctor Strange, um, Black Panther, and then at the very, very bottom of that pit is Eternals. Strangely enough in the comics at the point when they were going to start making these films iron man was a secondary character oh yeah yeah i think it's cuz of the char um the actual actor as well for for years in the 60s and 70s i think he elevates him iron man wasn't enough of a draw to comic book audiences to have his own title he was often in something like you know, um, a comic w w where 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 ten pages were devoted to a story of one character mm. and ten to another stuff like um, uh, uh, Tales to Astonish, you okay. had you know Thor have half the comic book, yeah. and maybe I don't know the Hulk or Giant Man. Yeah. The the only ones that had their 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 own comic book and never shared with anybody else were. You know, the top tier like Spider Man. Yeah. Um, Fantastic Four. Mm. Avengers. Yeah. But, you know, the others Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Giant Man. The X Men obviously never never shared. Um, but they went went to reprints for a, a couple of years in the seventies before they were relaunched. Yeah. I mean I don't mind Doctor Strange in when he does appearances like Spider Man, like I thought it was really good there, but yeah. For his own full-on movie, I've just I watched it in the cinema. I don't think I watched it again. What about um, the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? I'd obviously give it a go, but I'm not expecting anything wow. Hmm. 
Because I have a feeling, because it's the multiverse, anything can happen. Because I have a feeling this is Doctor Strange having to pay for opening the multiverse up for Peter Parker. Yeah. I mean, I might, when I watch it and decide, I might actually really like it, but... Going from the first movie, I didn't really rate it that much. The, the first movie kind of blew my mind from the the effects of everything like folding in on it on itself. Yeah, I like the effect, but it was the actual character. He just didn't really appeal to me. No, because as before he had his accident, he he was arrogant. And entitled. And it's his becoming a hero by losing what he valued the most, which was the use of his hands as a surgeon. Mm -hmm. So maybe we weren't meant to like him because he was inherently a dislikable character. If you think about it, Tony Stark, when we first meet him, is inherently a dislikable character because he's selfish, self-absorbed, and worse still, an arms dealer and manufacturer. Mm. But I think what makes a difference is when they put, like, obviously a superhero movie, you're going to get action, but I think it makes a difference when they put, like, slight comedy in there. So, like, you know, Spider-Man and stuff like that. Yeah. It's action, but it's also a bit comedy. It's in there. Yeah. Whereas I don't feel like I got that in Doctor Strange. Everything was very serious. There was obviously really spectacular graphics and, like you said, stuff going around. But it was just, like, a very serious movie. And that's what I, I don't really pin Marvel for serious movies. Yeah, they've always... They've often like had light wisecracks. Comedy. I think... Um... If you read any 60s Iron Man or Captain America, you would be amazed at how drab those characters actually are. Yeah. Their dialogue is drab. The wisecracks come from basically the Thing in Fantastic Four. The Thing and Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, are always arguing. Um, Spider-Man has always been kind of hilarious because in the comics he starts out he's about 16 17 years old yeah so you know he has to be mild-mannered puny parker but as spider-man he really lets go and you know keeps punning and he explains himself in the comic strip that he keeps talking during the fights Mm. so it confuses his enemies yeah yeah so you know the Doctor Strange was not known in the, the, the comic strips that I read for his sense of humour, but I thought the films, you know, some of the interplay between him and Wong yeah. were particularly good. Yeah. And he's he's got more more humour again in Spider-Man. One, yeah, I was going to say, the one in Spider-Man, he was and actually quite in funny. Infinity That's War. why I don't mind him in appearances in movies, because yeah. that's where I find him at his funniest. But, like, on his standalones, I was just a bit like, he's, he's okay, but he's Ooh, not making anything, a, like, 
That's wow. an intriguing but fair comment. Thank you. I'm, I'm, yeah. But I'd like to see what you make out of the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Especially with Wonder, the Scarlet Witch coming in. Have you watched Wonder Vision yet? No. That's going to play. you on your head with my pencil. <laughs> that is going to play heavily into multiverse of you, madness. You need to do that. They, they've said that from the get go with that yeah. one in particular. That's how she gets to this stage. Mm -hmm. I reckon that if she hasn't watched Wonder Vision, you're not going to like that. By the release of Doctor Strange, she should have her Disney Plus privileges revoked. No. Well, you don't have a say in this. I do. Oh. Defy me again. You'll be losing Netflix. No. <laughs> so, have you seen anything else? I watched Venom 2. And okay. I really like that. But obviously I'm going to love any film that Tom Hardy's in, so... Why? Because I love Tom Hardy. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> I think we wasn't there a thing in one of our previous shows where where she went into rather grim detail her, how hot she found Tom Hardy. That was Jason Momoa. Was that Jason yeah. Momoa? Oh. Yeah. Who is All right, who settle is down, stop squirming. Who is, a, who is apparently going to be cast as the main villain in Fast and Furious? Who's 10. also left his wife. Yeah, but you haven't left your husband. No. Settle down. He's apparently going to be the main villain in Fast and Furious 10. Okay. Jason Momoa. That's See, just a... Venom had comedy, so I liked that. But I also liked how Carnage appeared and how he got Carnage. I liked I liked the Carnage. whole story behind it. Like, it Carnage was... was perfect. Yeah. I wanted the story to be bigger. I wanted yeah. the fight to be bigger. It needed something and I reckoned that as as yeah. we were watching the the credit crawl at the end. The ending was amazing. I, I loved said, that. This needs Spider Man now. Yeah. And the uh, sting of course leads us to believe that's possibly where he's headed. Yeah. Because I wanted because that was from the Spider-Man movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just been released now. So yeah. I really like that. I wanted their struggle. I mean, Venom is not an anti-hero. He's he's a villain mm. because it's the alien symbiote that Peter Parker had the black suit for a while, rejected the symbiote. Ultimately, it went to a reporter who was jealous and vindictive of Peter Parker and now has this alien symbiote so he knows all of his secrets all of his vulnerable points his mm -hmm. loved ones he is he is actually Spider-Man's potentially most dangerous villain but they've made him into a comedy double act but where films. they got it wrong with Venom is that he started off as a villain yeah then he after a couple of years when he was going back and forth fighting Spider-Man Carnage. Yeah. He became Venom Lethal Protector. Oh, right. Okay. So he did become an anti-hero. Right. But the problem is, 
he's gone from he's become like an anti-hero straight away they've missed a whole out the entire section where he becomes the anti-hero yeah yeah it it just feels mm. i i wanted it to be more epic i i i wasn't really satisfied with i liked venom the way he became venom by biting sorry carnage becoming carnage by biting yeah. venom's arm yeah, I like the and story. you know getting some of the blood but then you know sort of the whole the whole reason and motivation for the fight was you wouldn't be my friend yeah i mean you know that's something you get in a primary school what i would have preferred mm. with carnage is if they had cletus cassidy in the first film and not a sting at the end but you had like news reports of a mass murderer to establish him so it just kept popping up mm. Carnage should be the final villain that Venom goes against. Yeah. Because he is the biggest villain that Venom has ever gone against. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Because in the comics with Carnage at one stage, the government had no idea what to do with him. So they... It was during the... It was around the time of 9-11, the Afghan war. I, I think it was the um, Carnage USA. The War on Terror. Yeah. And they decided in the comics to send Carnage over there so he could be their problem. Yeah. Hmm. Now, we have seen two films that I think you would love. I didn't finish telling my movies. Oh, sorry. And then I watched Space Jam 2. Well, Space Jam. Oh, okay. Go on. I don't know. Then. Did it class as two or not? A Space Jam and Neil Legacy. I'd call it a Neil Legacy, but it's not really Space Jam 2. I don't know. Go on. It was okay. I mean, it's not as bad as you say it was. It is. It's but tiresome. the only thing that I didn't like is what they do now is the, they, they try and make the 2D cartoons more yeah. 3D animated. I don't like that, but I've never liked that. So. But I was glad in the, that they do turn them back. To yeah. 2D. Yeah. Because my main concern was, are you going to turn them to 3D and then keep them that way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I didn't like the whole... That, that bit put me off. I was like, mm, I don't really like that. But Why do you just whole, make a Bugs Bunny noise then? Mm, but the, the film itself, I didn't think... It's not great, but it's not that bad. I did think they actually had Michael Jordan for a minute there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that's just disappointing now. Because that would have been quite cool. See, it's it's practically a remake of a film that didn't need to be remade. Yeah. yeah. But I, it was... It's an okay film. It's not a great film. See, I think it's possibly... I feel about Space Jam New Legacy the way you feel about Eternals. I've seen it, didn't like it, don't want to see it again. <laughs> I mean, with Eternals, <laughs> with Eternals, it's one of those where you can actually watch the Marvel Universe. You don't actually have to watch that film. No, it doesn't take an impact. Definitely. Because they didn't even have a part to play in the Thanos War. They had nothing to do with that. Um, I don't get how you have all this thing. 
you have Eternals pop up and Deviants and everything. Where's Sword? Where's Shield? They're all re-established now, so... Where is everyone? Well, Shield. Having a rest after Endgame. Nick Fury is coming to TV, is he not? Yeah. In The Secret War. But I don't know. Or oh, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. Where the scrolls have taken over key characters. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm really interested to see that, to see how they do it in the series form, because... With no superheroes. Yeah, you're not going to have the heavy... Hitters. You're not going to have Captain America be revealed as a yeah. scroll. I've, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't have extremely high hopes for it, because... I loved the graphic novel. Yeah, what it is, Tiff, is the shape-shifting scroll that you saw in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Have, well, in the comics, they're bad guys. Yeah. And they've been taking over and assuming the form of several of Marvel's heavy hitters for years and invading us by... You know, just taking over key people, and yeah. um, this is the the when this gets discovered, and who is who they are, and who isn't who they seem to be. Mm. It's 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 all a little bit invasion of the body snatchers, that, isn't it? I'd say that that phase was the last truly great phase of Marvel Comics. Yeah, could be, could be. Right. I'm done now. You're done now. Yeah. Okay. We, this week, saw Guillermo del Toro's new film. It was, in every way, a Guillermo del Toro film. It was beautifully what filmed. What films does he make? Sorry? What films does he make? Pan's Labyrinth, Kronos, oh. The Devil's Backbone, Shape of Blade Water. 2, The Shape of Water, Hellboy, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Okay. Uh, mimic. Um, Crimson Peak. Carry on with your review. All of his films are superbly photographed. The cinematography is just awesome. This is one that felt a little bit padded. Um, from my point of view... The trailer made it look like a horror movie. Yeah. Mm. The film takes a little bit from the nineteen thirty three classic Freaks, and I thought it took a little bit of uh, the prestige as well about a magic act ah, with Hugh that. Jackman. And it's not a horror film. Okay. It's set during the time of the Second World War in in America, where oh, he becomes a con man. Right. It's all a con to to get some money out of somebody with a mentalist act mm. and a psychologist. And I thought I don't want to give too much away, but I thought. The circus scenes were good. Then the the if you if you 
break it up into quarters. Quarter number one is excellent. Mm. Quarter number two slows down. Mm -hmm. Quarter number three just sags. Mm. Quarter number four, really good and worth the effort. But there's a point in quarter number three where I'm thinking, oh my God, this 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 so is just too long. what is it long. about? It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. Because any it's... You know those mentalist acts that um, used to be around where somebody would have a blindfold, right? Yeah. And his assistant would say, you know, would ask somebody from the audience, hand me a personal item. Mm. And they would hand a personal item like a watch. And the guy would be blindfolded and, you know, um, the, the assistant would be feeding the so-called mentalist with key words as to, you know, was it a gold watch? Was it an antique watch? This kind of thing. So mm. the guy would be making out that he was getting all these psychic vibes. Mm. And, of course, the assistant would also pick up some, you know, uh, like a, a wedding ring. You know, sort of, did your wife give it to you? <gasps> How did you know I was married? You're blindfolded. It must be magic, you know? Oh, yeah. And they, they they use this kind of thing in like a, a, a false sort of um, sales kind of thing yeah. to to communicate with basically they're just laundering money yeah. from, from, from from this person. Basically a con movie. Yeah, yeah. it's a con movie. Okay. Um I wanna see it again. I love the circus settings. Mm. And the ending, which I'm not going to say anything about, other than that was a good ending. The other film that we saw was the new Scream film. Okay. Now, you like the Scream films. Yeah, I do. Prepare to love this one. I would say that Scream 5 is the best one since the first Scream. Hmm. I was kind of surprised they did a Scream 5, to be honest. So was I. And the fact that they actually completely knock it out of the park. Mm. It's the film that Wes Craven would have made had he been around, I yeah. think. Mm. I was a little bit worried to begin with, because Wes Craven had, of course, passed on. Mm. Um, but that's well taken care of, and this film has the usual uh, Wes Craven flourishes. Yeah. So there's Courtney Cox in it? Yes. Yeah. Ah. Dave Campbell's in it. Okay. Dewey is in it. Hmm. It it is really although it's called Scream, it is Scream Five because the other four movies all count. Well, I wondered where they'd go. Yeah. Because in the first film they took on the slasher movie and all its tropes. Hmm. Teen slasher movies. And it was a really good commentary on that. Mm -hmm. The second, the, I mean, in the, in the first one, the kids knew what the rules were because they'd watched those movies. Yeah. Um, they were watching Halloween, which it draws heavily on, during a major sequence of the film. Yeah. In number two, they are dealing with sequels. Yeah. In number three... They do a commentary on trilogies, how anything can happen in the third 
film of a trilogy. Yeah. And it stood alone yeah. very, very well as a trilogy mm. for years. Much later on, they made a fourth film. Yeah, they kind of like went years without anything and then just yeah. randomly made a fourth, didn't they? Yes. Didn't we watch it for your yeah. birthday or something? We, no. we watched it in the cinema, the three of us. I think it was a triple bill we did. The t uh, same time yeah. that we saw Dark Shadows. Yeah. And was it a Fast and Furious? I think so. Right. And um, that took on reboots. Yeah. Yeah, so you could see a pattern. And I thought, what what is well, there left yeah, for the what fifth? Can they, do? the requels. Yeah. A requel is a film where you go back to the beginning, mm. bring back legacy cast members like Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Like Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Star Wars. Like the third trilogy. Of Star Wars films, yeah, and you might kill off a legacy character just in order to give it some high stakes and some legitimacy. Okay. Um, but the the original cast members are back now, much older, right, to help a younger group of people. Fine. And this is what happens. And I I just sat there, practically with my jaw on my knee, because I thought this is brilliant. What they do is brilliant how they execute the whole yeah. thing is brilliant yeah it's as near flawless an entry into a horror movie franchise an ongoing series as you are ever likely to see i think scream might may well actually be the best of the slasher series in, in terms of actual strength of stories yeah. per film yeah, there's they never been back. a bad movie, no. has there? Do you remember Randy, the film nerd? He kind of, yeah. He was killed in the second one. Mm. He appeared on videotape in the fourth one. Mm. Um, no, third. in the third one. Yeah. His sister appeared in the fourth one. She appears again in this one, and one of the scenes that they have where they're discussing is in her home, and there's a plaque there with a TV and all the videos and DVDs, the Randy Meeks Memorial Home Theatre. And if you remember the annoying female deputy that was with Dewey in yeah. 4, she's back. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of older people and some of the ones that have come along the way as well. Yeah. It's mentioned but not shown that Sydney Prescott is married to the guy she met in Scream 3. Ah, uh, okay. So, you know, it's it's it, everything's moved on a little bit. Yeah. And they do mention quite accurately mm. it's been 25 years since Ghostface first appeared. Yeah. And we haven't actually heard from him for 10 years, which is real time. From when Scream 4 came out? Yeah. Has it been 10 years? 10 years, believe it or not. Oh my God. Yeah. And Scream, the new Scream, is one of the rare horrors that's actually been given in 18. Oh wow, you never get them anymore. No, what was Halloween Kills? 18. That was 18. 
there's no way that could be below an 18. This is this is something I, that really Very makes me happy. Getting an 18. Horror is back. Proper horror. Same with Malignant. Yes. You haven't seen Malignant yet, no? No. No. You need to. Mm. So, next time, 50 episodes. Wow. How do you guys think the show has grown since our first episode? I'd say it's still... Or your first episode as well, Tiff. It's still evolving. It's the I best. Think it is. The best way I can describe it is... It's an, it's an evolving thing that we're doing. Yeah. And it's... You're never going to find kind of like the... Perfect kind of like plateau with it because that's when you start to get rusty. Yeah, I'd also like to point out none of this is ever scripted. No, we all bring little notes with us of yeah, things like that we want to bring up. Points, but bullet points, no, and we never, never share the, the bullet points with the other people. No, no, we're very <laughs> secretive about our points. Yeah. What's in your notebook, Tiff? Mind your business. Yeah. Don't you look at my notebook. It's not your notebook. <laughs> right. So we've been talking now for about 49 minutes. Uh, does anybody else have anything that they'd like to bring up before we cue the music? No, I don't think so. I think I've covered everything this time. You have? Yeah. You've got nothing else that you want to say? No. Okay. Tiff. Um, no, I talked about all my movies. It's not like you not to have anything to say. I talked about all the movies I watched. Okay. Right then, we are going to disappear and we will be back in two weeks with our half centennial. So until then... It's With our new logo. And our new logo. It's so long from me, Robin Pierce. Me, Stephen Pierce. And me, Tiff. You're really not going to use the Pierce Jones? I never use the Pierce. <sighs> I always just say Tiff. Are you embarrassed of our name? No. If I was embarrassed, I'd have got rid of it. This is true. Right, um... Until next time, stay different, stay weird, stay sharp, stay low, and stay safe.